Welcome to HeartSpeak Podcast, episode 260, The Sky is Falling, Highway to Freedom. Welcome to the HeartSpeak Podcast, where valuable insights are shared that bypass the mind and resonate with the heart. Listen, open your heart, become inspired, find the joy and fulfillment that awaits when you follow your heart. And now, here's your host... Dr. Christine Page. Well, hello there, wherever you're on the world. It's good to be back with you, and thank you for sharing this time with me. What a lot is going on in the world, and what a lot of pressure is being placed upon all of us for various reasons. We're coming up to an equinox on the 23rd of September. Remember, I'm having a seminar on the 22nd online. If you're interested, go to my website. But the 23rd, whether it's a fall equinox or a spring equinox, depending where you live. An equinox, by the meaning of the word, says equal day night, which says wherever you've got that sort of equality, there's that third element that I probably will talk about again in this podcast, which is a doorway. And I decided to make it a highway, a freeway. <laughs> so when you have an equinox, it's like passing through between two pillars into a third state, into a place of nothingness, into a place where it's not you or me or them or us. It's about all and nothing. And that's really what I'm wanting to share with you today. So make the most, if you are listening to me before the equinox, make the most of imagining walking between two pillars and saying, I am that third option, which is no thing and everything. And you'll understand more as we go deeper. The same time, guess what? Saturn is still coming towards Pluto in Capricorn, which is where Pluto is, Saturn in Pisces, but intensifying the energy. And I'm sorry to say it's going to continue until about October the 11th when Pluto will turn direct. But this intensity of energy is helping us to really review what's going on in our life. They're both retrograde, so it's about introspection, digging deep, going inside, and the pressure is intense, as you might notice. And describing it as almost this heavy cloud above your head that's being pushed into your head, into your thoughts, into your mind by a much stronger positive light, and I'm going to call it cosmic consciousness, that's been coming through the galaxy for a long time. But it's almost like pushing everything that we've been tried to stay away from into our lives. So anything you've tried to put in a closet or a cupboard or a drawer and say, okay, I don't need to deal with that. Or maybe you've been dealing with it, but only really piecemeal, you know, I deal with a bit, but I still hold on to this. Anything you're holding on to is being challenged at this time. And the pressure is the not just that you may feel very emotional, you might feel angry, fearful, shameful, whatever you're feeling, but it's also saying, what are those emotions attached to? So the emotions are in themselves not the problem. It's what the belief that drives those emotions and so you might say, oh, I've dealt with that, I've dealt with those people or whatever. No, this is going way back. It's almost like 
you won't be able to pinpoint where it's come from. Let's say it's many lifetimes and it doesn't matter about past lives, etc. It's saying, what am I carrying that allows, if I may say, individuals, people to continually make me feel fearful, angry, etc. What belief do I have inside myself that for once and for all, I no longer will carry? And this isn't, again, about forgiving other people, etc. It's like, nope, I'm not going to believe that anymore. Now, one of the beliefs that I will say now is you are not an insignificant person or soul or spirit who said, oh, I've got to come to this planet to heal the planet or help other people or work with my karma or save the world or struggle or something. All of that is just made-up belief. I could use a stronger word, but made-up belief. First of all, <clears throat> as we talked about with the hologram, there is no world. There is no place to go. And so it's not like, well, I'll be here on earth and then I'll go to heaven. <laughs> there is no here and there. There's nowhere to go once you leave here. There's only now. And all of that now is in our heads. That now of our reality is literally us seeing the world, reacting to it, and deciding that this must be a truth or not. In other words, if something keeps happening to us, oh, it's happening to me again and again and again. So what belief are we carrying that is manifesting a holographic reality that keeps repeating itself? The more we put energy into a belief, the stronger the hologram becomes. It's a little bit like that story of which wolf do you feed? Do you feed this wolf or that wolf? Again, I'm not into a duality. What I'm saying is whatever you feed will actually grow. So if you believe that you're no good, that you deserve this or whatever, that's what you will continually to attract. Now, I want you to believe that you are a mighty, amazing being who is creating these realities through creative imagination. In other words, you started on this planet as an amazing being, not as a lesser being, and you are still that being. But if you've slipped, recognize like, okay, not that I have to learn this. That's not what this world's about. It's about where am I giving away my power to a belief that doesn't actually exist? And changing our way we look at the world is so important. What I was recently reading about holograms, and I shared this last time, that yes, you take, an you take an object, you photograph that object, and then you send another beam, you create this interference pattern, and then when you shine a light on that, you create the 3D image. That's the origins of it. So the more you, the more you shine a light or you keep exposing, yes, that's my belief, that's my belief, the stronger the hologram becomes. But also in my learning, which I've been doing a lot of, of reading, etc., is that what they found is they could, by changing the angle of those beams, actually imprint the photographic plate with many images at the same time. And I love that. Because what they realized was changing the angle meant that you could have on a photographic plate many images. And what it said is if you apply the same, a light from the same angle at from the same angle you will reveal that particular image none of the others and i think we have in our language something around 
You know, what's your angle on this? What's your thought on this? How do you see this? And so the idea that we all see things from different perspectives is, is a truism. And that it doesn't mean that my angle is wrong. It's just see, I'm seeing a different aspect of this photographic plate. And this is why, you know, again, film is like walk around the photographic plate rather than seeing it from only one angle, go and fish in another piece of water. And you'll go, wow, I haven't seen it from that angle. And it's not saying the other one's wrong. It's just saying there are many ways of looking at this. And of course, not only walking around from above, below, etc. So changing our angle on things, changing the way we perceive something. Again, it's not saying, oh, I'm changing my mind necessarily. I'm changing my location, my position in order to see something differently. Again, I shared that about doing something a little odd <laughs> will shake up your left brain and you'll see things differently. So the pressure that's coming in at the moment that many of you may be feeling is not to you know, pray that it all goes away or I don't have to deal with it. It's saying deal with it once and for all. Is this what you believe about yourself? Again, it's usually us rather than the world. Is this what you believe is about yourself? Is this reality? And it's either go and, you know, do something different, um, say something you need to say, uh, make closure with someone or let it go. It's like deal with it once and for all. And recognize that you're not dealing with a person or a situation, you're dealing with your beliefs and changing the angle on which the way you deal with that. So again, it might be if you're having a problem with a person, you might say, okay, I'm looking at it from your point of view. I can see, but it doesn't mean that I'm wrong. In other words, I still understand, but by walking a mile in your moccasins, I'm appreciating where you're coming from and have a good life. <laughs> So why do I say the sky is falling is because what we perceived as the sky with a blue sky and then at night we see stars in that sky, all of this is just a holographic image of the universe. And it reminded me of the stories I used to like when I was a kid. And it reminded me of just how awful these stories are. Some of you may be as old as I am or older. But the fact is that I look at children of today playing games, video games, and often it's about shooting someone or killing someone. I think, oh, my goodness, that's terrible. But when I listen to the stories and the nursery rhymes that I learned, they're pretty awful as well. And so if you're as old as I am, and maybe if you're English, we would talk about London bridges falling down, or Jack and Jill went up the hill to fetch a pail of water, Jack fell down and hurt, broke his crown, and Jill went following after, I think it is. Or ring-a-ring of -ring roses, a pocket full of poses, a tissue, a tissue, we all fall down. And that was supposed to be about the plague, wasn't it? The fact is that we used to hold a posy on our noses so in the belief, <laughs> like wearing a mask, that this would stop us getting the plague, <laughs> whether it did or not. But the fact of the matter is we all fell down and died. So these are awful stories. 
And I think back at some of the other stories that uh, we were told when we were younger, they're usually about abandoned children or <laughs> children who weren't taken care of. Although I have to say, I love the secret garden. If any of you remember that story, the idea of this mystical garden in that world. But the other story that kept coming to my mind was the sky is falling. And that was, we, I think Disney did something more recently with it. It was about Henny Penny, who is a hen. <laughs> they always had these strange names, didn't they? And an acorn falls, falls onto Henny Penny's head. And she says, wow, the sky is falling. I've got to go and tell the king. And I just think how the idea that the acorn falls on her head is also symbolic for us to recognize the power of creation. I know I'm taking it a little further than they were when they wrote the story, but the idea was that I often talk about a, an acorn falling onto the earth that already is invested with the knowledge that's an oak tree. Okay, I'll move on from that. But this acorn falls on the hen's head, and the story goes on that they, she then goes on and meets other people or animals who all decide to follow her. And again, she's saying the sky is falling. This is bad. We must tell the king. So, you know, this is about people following someone else's view of, view of life. The sky is falling. And, of course, comes the fox who says, hey, that's not the way to the king. Follow me. I'll show you the way to the king. Again, great metaphor for today. <laughs> hey, I know the way. You follow me. And, of course, the fox takes it down into his lair, and every time one of the animals goes in there, he eats it. <laughs> Again, great metaphor, very sad story. But the fact is that Henny Penny, just as about at that moment, apparently the, the cock-a-doodle-doo says, be careful, so the cock who crows in the dawn started to crow at the cock-a-doodle at the time when he was just about to be killed, and Henny Penny says, oh, look, it's dawn time. I better go and lay an egg and wanders off to lay an egg and never gets to see the king, but also never dies. <laughs> so the, it's a strange story, but the idea of the sky falling. And I think that when I heard it as a child, it was never like, oh, dear, the sky's falling. It was like, oh, that's interesting. What would happen if the sky falls? That's the sort of mind I have. And the idea that I suppose the metaphor at the end that I like, which is Henny Penny sees the light, sees the dawn, dawning of a new world, and doesn't follow the others down into the fox's lair and doesn't get killed. And I think that there is a cock-a-doodle-doo crowing at this time, waking everybody up. And that wake-up call has touched everybody, whether it's because of things you've read or heard or just within your inner knowing that you say, I don't think that's true, actually. I don't think that's the way I want to go. And the pressure from the fox is, I know the way, you better come and do this. And there's a lot of pressure being applied by different organizations at this time, really affecting us in health, wealth, <laughs> and travel are the main ones, and money, of course, in, in, in terms of how much money is available. And I believe the pressure is on a certain group, some people call them the cult, but a small group of beings who have for hundreds of thousands of years controlled humanity. And I'm going to say that not just over the last 5,000, 6,000, I think it's been a much longer time. I think that the control is becoming loosened, partly because 
the help they were getting from other extraterrestrial beings is no longer there, according to people like Elena Denana in Cedars. And I believe the fear that they may not hold the control over the human being and that they will see that there is nothing beyond the sky that they have created. In fact, there's freedom beyond that sky. I think they're feeling the pressure and hence this intense pressure we're feeling with Saturn, which Saturn in Pisces showing the illusion, the illusion of the sky, the illusion of what's beyond and Pluto trying to transform that. So for me, the cock is growing. I think the light is dawning. I think we, like Henny Petty, are returning to lay our new eggs, our creative imagination. That's another part of saying that. And I think that we're not following these foxes down the lair anymore, and nor do we really want to go and tell the king that the sky is falling. It's not important. It's important what we know. And what we know is a collective experience but again, seen from many different angles, not the same. That's the key to this. And so when we bring these ideas together, as I was saying earlier, if you imagine a duality where we have this or this, the third aspect of that is often missed out, which is the trinity, the middle piece, sometimes the center of Avesca Pisces. But it's saying, I will not feed either of the wharfs or feed both of them. In other words, it's not an either or. It's saying, I am the source that can feed either way. That's fine with me. Or I choose not to feed either. And I think this is why there's so much talk about maybe a third party or a third way. It's not about ignoring the other two. It's saying, you only exist in your power because I feed you. When I choose not to feed you, I'm not going there. And this was really going back, you know, to say into Egyptian times, there was a goddess called Mart. And Mart really was the power that both fed the duality and was fed by the experiences of the duality. But over the years, Mart uh, lost her power and it all became a sort of Yahweh energy where a godhead or someone was really not about feeding others, it was controlling. It wasn't this flow of energy. And so I just come to a conclusion on this. And reading David Icke's book uh, called The Dream, he talks so much about not going to the light. Now, I know this has been a subject that others have talked about, and I know Buddhism talks about this. But many times where people have a near-death experience or an out-of-body experience or Whatever it is, they say, oh, I went to the light, I met my loved ones, I let my guides, and then I'm asked to come back. Well, of course, we never know what happened to the ones who didn't come back. <laughs> That's their story. But the fact is, what David Icke's suggesting is even all that spiritual belief about there even being guides or there being a light, and you're just this poorly human, and there's a spirit world, and you'll meet your loved ones. I'm not saying I don't see that happening in terms of when someone's dying, they may say, oh, I met my mother, etc." But the idea of reincarnating into this world is one where you just keep coming back into the simulated world. So that even though you meet those loved ones, those guides, there's often about now you can come back and do it again, 
or do it differently or learn lessons or save the world or struggle or suffer. You understand? So many are now saying this idea of reincarnation and this whole idea of almost some countries, they'll bury the body underneath the house so that you can come back into the same family. You don't want to do that. And it's not because you're saying, oh, I don't want to be on earth. Again, you're getting lost in the idea of, oh, there's a bad place. There's a good place. There is nowhere. This is it. So where we choose is not to say, I'm going to go into the darkness and the negativity. I'm going into the plenum, the quantum plenum of possibilities, the ocean of possibilities, the highway to freedom. And I will make new choices and experiences from there not into repeating a pattern just because someone says, oh, this will be good for you, go back again. So I'm going to finish on that. I hope that this ties things together. I think the sky is falling. I think that the freedom is coming. I think that we should be like Henny Penny and actually see the dawn and lay a new egg. And I think that try not to get caught up in the pressures that are coming, whether it's from the WEF or the WHO or the U, whatever, trying to say, we will take control of your lives. You can, if you wish to make a statement and say, that's not going to happen. Or you can just say, no, I'm not interested in your, your power games. It's finished. So blessings to all of you. Love your comments. Take care. Have a good Equinox now. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the HeartSpeak Podcast with Dr. Christine Page. Please check out all HeartSpeak episodes in the podcast archive section on www.christinepage.com. HeartSpeak is also available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and now playing on Amazon Music and iHeartRadio. You can also watch the archive podcast on Christine's channel on YouTube and now on Rumble. Connect with Christine on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook, including her newest Facebook group, The Great Mother Calling. Do share with family, friends, colleagues. Join us next time for another edition of HeartSpeak.